Now, the last few verses, verses 23 <coughs> onwards, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Here is the delusion. It's the delusion of your neighbors. It is the delusion of our leaders. It is the delusion of the media. It is the delusion of our politicians. Everything's going to be all right. We are wise. We are intelligent. We know. We are strong. We have physical strength. We are rich. We are wealthy. Jeremiah wrote this in a context where around, historians reckon around 3 to 5% of the population owned 50 to 70% of the land, and the land was the main source of wealth. I remember going to see a film, the Chivi, the film, play, The Chivi at the Stag and the Black Black Oil. It's the first theater I ever saw, and it was in uh, Fern Village Hall, and it was just great. Um, uh, and it was by a theater company called 784. And they were called 784 because 7% of the population own 84% of the land. We live in a world and in a culture where in modern Western democracies, there are people who are struggling to get by and there are people who moan because their bonuses have been cut to only one million. It doesn't make any sense. The rich boast, you can't do without us. We are too big to fail. Bizarrely, our egalitarians, our people who, who look for social justice, because they reject God, what are they left with? They're left with people who have power. And where does power come from? It comes from money. And so we create, actually in the name of egalitarianism and equality, we create a less equal society. We create a more corrupt society. And God says, don't let the wise man boast of his wisdom. Stop boasting about how intelligent you are or how strong you are or how wealthy you are. These verses are quoted several times in the New Testament, particularly 1 Corinthians 1, 31, 2 Corinthians 10, 17. Let him who boasts, boasts in the Lord. The only basis for boasting is in God. My soul will boast in the Lord, Psalm 34, verse 2. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Good does not lie in human hands, but in God's alone. This is what you should boast about. You understand and know the Lord. And he's the God who what? Who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. When you read Jeremiah 9, you might think, well, this is terrible because this is God saying he's going to do this. But in actual fact, it's terrible because it's God saying this is what it is. This is what's happening. You're saying you're wise, but you're not. You're saying you're just, but you're not. I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. Kindness, God's loyal love which binds him to his people. Chesed, as it is in the Hebrew, meaning just mercy and faithfulness. In a society of lies and deceit and dog-eat-dog -dog and social Darwinianism where the strong survive and the weak go to the dogs when we can kill babies in the womb because we think that they're not going to live a life that's worthwhile. When we can behave like that, God says, no, I am the faithful one. You are not faithful. I am the kind one. I show you an unfailing devotion. Justice. Justice comes not 
from the European Convention for Human Rights or any organization that's set up which will be inherently corrupt because human beings are inherently corrupt. It will be inherently illogical because human beings are not logical. Justice comes from the covenant faithfulness of God. And if you want human rights, then these are rights that are only seen in the context of who God is and what he has made us. I'm absolutely and 100% opposed to racism, not because any court or government tells me to be so, not because of any zeitgeist in the culture, but because I know that every human being is made in the image of God and has to be respected and treated and loved as such. And righteousness, that there will be right standards between us, that there will be good behavior between us as human beings. We are to reflect and to delight in these qualities as God does. Don't reflect and delight on your supposed intelligence or your strength or your riches, but delight and reflect on the fact that you know and understand the God who is faithful, the God who is loving, the God who is just, the God who is righteous. And if we do so, the last few verses, (coughs) the days are coming declares the Lord, when I'll punish all those who are circumcised only in the flesh, Egypt, Judah, Edom, Ammon, Moab, and all who live in the desert in distant places. For all these nations are really uncircumcised, and even the whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. What's that little bit at the end? That little bit at the end is God saying to his people, you say you're circumcised, you say you're of the children of Israel, but so is Moab, so is Ammon, so is Egypt. They practice circumcision. Paul puts it this way, Romans 2.28, a man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he's one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is from men, not from God. God says, I don't want your religion. I don't want your external sham. I want your heart. I want you to have my heart. I want you to weep. I want you to see what's going on. I want you to know who I am. Not to have create a God in your own image, not just mix, but know that I am the one who delights in kindness and righteousness and justice. So the challenge, just as we finish, is simply this. Where's your delight? Where are your tears? What do you care about? How much do you care? What do you get upset about? You get furious and angry at what? The fact that things aren't going perhaps so well at your work, different situations in your life. Jeremiah was going to risk his liberty and his money for the sake of an inheritance in a doomed land as a gesture of faith and hope. And the Lord calls us to do the same thing. Chapter 9, verse 3, John Bunyan took that idea of truth and deceit when he did Pilgrim's Progress and he spoke of Mr. Valiant for truth. Where are the Christians in Britain today who will be valiant for truth? Not nasty, not mean, not self-righteous, not proud, not arrogant, not hard-hearted, but the ones who will care about truth, be valiant for truth. Truth in the wasteland, as David Wells puts it in his brilliant book. Because we care. The poet James Shirley says this, The glories of our blood and state are shadows, not substantial things. These are shadows. The things that people live for are shadows. The interview that Russell Brand did with Jeremy Paxman, 
He came out with a fantastic quote when he said, why are we grasping after the shadows on the wall when we can have the source of light itself? The old hymn puts it, solid joys and lasting treasures, none but Zion's children know. Solid joys and lasting treasures, none but Zion's children know. You and I, we are in enormous danger of caring for things that blow away, being upset about wind. We need to see things as they really are. We need to see the world as it really is. And that would cause us to absolutely collapse. We couldn't face that unless we could see God as He is. God in all His truth and in all His justice and in all His gloriousness and in all His love and in all His faithfulness and in all His mercy. Why are you grasping after the shadows on the wall when you can have the source of light itself? In a wasteland, and I do believe that Scotland is becoming a wasteland, that's, that doesn't cause me as a Christian to say, right, I'm going to chuck it in. I'm off to somewhere that's not such a wasteland. No, where sin abounds, says Paul, grace superabounds. The light shines an awful lot brighter in the darkness. We need to stop retreating. We need to stop hiding. We need to stop turning away our eyes. We need to stop saying, well, I can't look. I can't look. We need to pray, Lord, oh, that my eyes were a fountain of tears. Oh, that I knew that I could feel, that I could understand, that I could grasp the pain and the desolation. And it's only then, I think, that we will bring the glory of Jesus Christ. Psalm 126 puts it beautifully. As the Israelites were in exile, those who sow in tears reap with songs of joy. Most of us as Christians, we want to jump to the songs of joy bit. But you can't until you have the sowing. May God grant us his heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for its realism. and Thank you for its truth. Thank you that you give it to us, not to destroy us, but you wound us only to heal us. Forgive us our deceit and our hypocrisy. Forgive us our lies and our pretense. Forgive us, O Lord, for our self-absorption and our pride. Forgive us that in a society which is hurtling on its way to hell, we play at being Christians. Forgive us, O God, and help us not to walk in our own strength, not to boast in our own wisdom, not to boast in our own wealth. We are poor. We know so little. We have no strength. We are weak. But we look to you and we look to your covenant faithfulness, to your loving kindness, to your justice, and to your righteousness. We look to Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Lord, work in us and grant that this country, which was once a garden of the Lord and is now becoming a desert, grant, O Lord, that as we sow the seed of your word in tears, that we would see it blossoming again and many people coming to know and to love and to serve you.
for we ask it in your name. Amen. We are going to say um, the words of the Heidelberg Catechism together, and then we're going to sing. Um, I thought the Heidelberg Catechism was very appropriate in, in this situation. What is our only comfort? So, uh, please let's stand, and let's uh, say these words together. And we'll remain standing as, as we sing. If the guys who are going to play, if you go, come to the front and get ready, please. Okay. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I, with body and soul, both in life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and redeemed me from all the power of the devil, and so preserves me that without the will of my Father in heaven, not a hair can fall from my head, indeed, that all things must work together for my salvation." Wherefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. May we be heartily willing and ready. Let's remain standing as we sing, I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest.